Hi guys, welcome back to Hear Our Voices. Thank you for coming back for part two. I hope you enjoy yourself. Get a snack and sit on back or go clean if you want to or listen to this while you're going to work in your car. I hope you're enjoying the videos and follow us on YouTube. The link should be down below. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are very active on those platforms. <laughs> we are posting constantly. Also, if you're a person with lived experience or if you're a person who has resources for people with lived experience, I mean, with who are homeless, but technically lived experience also, that definitely leave your information down below or DM us. Thank you. Bye. In your opinion, if you could change some things about your situation, what would you like to change to probably make it a better, you know, time or experience for you and your family? Um right now or back then back then <sighs> if I could have changed one thing I would have probably changed the locks when I was still living there and told my ex-husband to never come back in mm. I was so afraid of him um and I was so afraid of like ruining my kids you know by violence or whatever which is really stupid because in the long run you got to protect yourself you know Right. You gotta stand up for what you need. And I didn't. I was too scared. I was I'm very so scared cool. of the like the judges and the court system. I I should have just demanded. I should have made a fuss about being back in my home or something or getting my egg. Honestly, I wish I'd known back then about like housing um advocacy because maybe I would have been able to get the help that I needed already back then instead of still suffering to this day with housing insecurity. Think about it, in 2015, a random judge made me homeless and I'm still suffering from it until this day in 2022. That's, that's surprising though that the judge didn't say, oh, you can stay there with your, your child, you know? Because yeah. most judges decide with the mother. I'm not saying that's always gonna be the right thing. But most times they do side with the mother about these situations because they think no, the most times, child. no, that's that's a myth actually. Most judges don't side with the mother; they side with the person who has more strength and more money. Think so? I know so. The court system is not. The court system is a is an abuser's paradise. And it's not a place for abused people to go to, to be honest, because you're so depleted, at least in my experience, and I've heard many other people also, um, you're so downtrodden already, you have absolutely no chance. You have to be of extreme sound mind to go to the court system and win a case. And I was not, I was in such turmoil. I was terrified. Um, I was in great distress about losing my kids I we had a very terrible situation we were supervised for four years with absolutely no reason none got it I can't say if that's true or not I don't have the statistics to go for it I deal with number numbers more yeah if you do some research you start to see it's not so much about the court sides with the mother. It's not like that at all. That's interesting. 
But aside from that, you, as you said, you have changed the locks. Do you think, is your case a DV case? That's it, from what I understand, that's what it seems like it's about. Yeah. Okay. So did you have any police reports when you was um, going into, before you went to court or anything like that? Or you didn't file any police reports? Um, I had some police reports, um, maybe when I was already in the court system. Okay. Not, not before, I don't think. And you weren't able to use that? Or because already was in the court system, it didn't matter? Um, I believe we did use that, but it doesn't really matter. I'm telling you, it's a strange place, the court system, when you're an abused person. They, they just, it's just, it's a very strange place. They call you crazy when you're accusing someone of anything. Um, it's a strange place. You have to be extremely, um, you have to be very strong emotionally. Otherwise, they will destroy you even more than you already are. That was my experience, and I've talked to many different people um, who are in DV cases and also especially um, difference of religion. I've also found that to be very difficult, judges side with a religious side often. Yeah. That's so, there's some things that need to be changed and if that's the case, it's very, um, I believe, I'm not gonna say, I can say for a fact, a lot of people don't believe abused people sometimes if they don't see bruises. People think that only you have to get hit, but to me, is you have to get, you is hitting, is you, the way you talk to a person, because after a while, words can, people say words shouldn't hurt you, but after a while it gets to your brain and that really, that could really break you down as a person, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So because of that, I think that's why. Yeah, so I it's, used it's to hard, think that. So, yeah. Well, no. he's not hitting me. I used to think that for a long time. You know, I didn't do anything because he was not hitting me. But it was, it was, I, I can't even think about those times, honestly, when I was living with him. It was really horrible. And I was afraid of him, you know, because I don't know. How was I going to get out? How was I going to get away? How was I, I was just afraid. So guys, anybody who's listening, um, I know New Destiny does with domestic violence. I want to say Safe Horizon um, does with domestic violence victims. PATH has the NOVA program. Um, and these are things people have used. I'm not going to say these like before PATH. It's, you don't make the system use you. You have to use the system. It sounds so bad, but it's true, guys. If you're in a situation and I know you want to get away from the person and you feel like you're depending on this person for everything, I can't say because I've been in a situation that you should just, you know, up and leave. But it gets to a point that I know people this has happened to. If you don't leave them, and even after you leave them, they try to come after you, it can get violent. It can get worse than the beatings that you're getting before. You can lose your life. Your kids can lose their life because that person's like, oh, I can't have you. Nobody can have you. Please try to find somebody who can help you in the situation. If the cops not helping you, because sometimes they don't, they don't see a, they don't see it, you know go to an organization what does this every day. Because one thing, like, granted, cops might see this a lot because there's a lot of 
domestic violence calls into cops all the time. But sometimes the cops say, okay, and you know, they, they leave and they're like, don't make it happen. Like they, they're very passive about this. Go to the organization, call 311, see which one is closer to your house and get help. Don't feel like, oh my God, people can look at me. It doesn't matter how people look at you. It matters about you keeping you and yourself, keeping you and your kids safe. And that's all what matters. So if you need the help, please get the help. Your life is not worth you dying over because you're too scared and you feel like you can't get these things. Now granted, I'm a person who's not like, oh, I've never been through it, but I've seen enough people who wrecked their lives and they just almost lost their life because of situations like this. Please get the help as much as you can, please. And the process might be long, it might be boring, it might be like, well, I have to do this, but it's, best, it's, it's the best thing for your life. Do you want to I add agree. anything? You know, I agree with every single word you just said because that was all the thoughts that I had. I was thinking, oh, what are people going to think? I was thinking, oh, you know, what, are, what am I doing to my son if I go to a shelter or if I go to like a DV, you know, organization? I was so afraid to go um, and I was very afraid to leave. But honestly, I wish I had left the second that I, you know, the first week that I was married to him and I knew that I didn't want to be married to him. Um, and I just stayed because I was afraid. I didn't know how to leave. It was a really terrible situation. Just leave, honestly, pack your bags and go. Everything else can be replaced. Um, I was afraid to leave and I didn't. And I kick myself for it every single day because it just continued to get worse. It looked innocent and it looked okay, but it really wasn't. And then it got worse and worse and worse. And I'm still suffering from him to this day. We're divorced, but he has custody of our kid. And my kid is, um, you know, just going through the same thing that I went through. And in a way, still am emotionally abused by him. Um, and that's sometimes even worse than physical abuse because it is so innocuous and it's hard to spot and it's very hard to heal from. Honestly, I've lived through physical abuse from my dad. That's easy to get over. It is. Mm -hmm. The emotional abuse can take a whole life to get over, if ever. Um, I was afraid that I didn't belong in the TV organizations because I didn't have any bruises, right? But if someone makes you so afraid and so uncomfortable, then that's not normal. Right. And the abuse became much worse after I went to court became much worse stalking harassment it was horrible it's horrible wow um also guys if you can get therapy if you can afford it they have different counseling such as what's kind of is free definitely work look into those things because as she said it's hard to get over and it can take a lifetime to get over these things and it's a lifetime looking over your shoulder i feel like it's something gonna happen like i went into, um, I want to say regular shelter, but you know, um, regular family shelter. And I always thought in my head, like, how are people going to see me? People going to tell I'm homeless, like, just by looking at me, by smelling me. And it's like, mind you, I had a shower every day. <laughs> but it's just like, in your <laughs> mind, it's your, the worst feeling <laughs> you can have. Your mind can turn you off from doing certain things. And it's, even if it's, it's helpful, I don't want to see yeah. the street. I don't want to have my daughter in the street. But it's like, how are people going to see me? Like, it doesn't matter how they see you. How, what can you do for yourself to make yourself better? And you're stronger when you do something for yourself instead of not doing something for yourself at all, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy.
I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy you got out of that situation, but you said you still are dealing with it right now. But you could have lost your life if you stayed there in person with the person all the time, you know? So I think that also, I think that if I would have stayed, I would have probably, I think that all the time. I think, oh, you know, maybe I should have stayed because it's easy to get into the headspace of, oh, I had a home and I had stability. Um, I should have just stayed there, right? Instead of experiencing this homelessness and this poverty and all that stuff. But then I think if I would have stayed, I would have probably died. Mm. See, we don't want to think those kind of thoughts, you know? So it's better if yeah. you just get the help and yeah. not in the hospital. This is, you just get the help you need. I know it can be scary. I know it can be hard, but it's better for you. It's better for your children. And if you don't ever have a kid, don't think that's not gonna know. It doesn't matter if you have a kid or not. Just yeah, I used know. to think also, I used to think, oh, you know, you stay for the children, never stay for the children. You right. leave because of the children. Right. Definitely true. Can you tell us, I don't know if you are okay with telling us some of the warning signs you thought you missed because of thinking that it was okay. Because you said after like a week or a month, I don't remember exactly what you said, you knew that you didn't want to be married anymore. What's some of the signs that you missed or just kind of brushed off because of you know everything was going on um so in my case I this was an arranged marriage okay um so that's you know it, it could go well in arranged marriage and it can go also really not well right um and I also grew up in a family where people didn't really listen to you or I didn't feel safe enough to express my thoughts um, and I saw marriage as a way out of my family. Um, but I already knew before I married him, I was like, oh, I, this feels like the wrong guy. Sometimes you just know, you know? Right. Um, but I didn't really know what to do with that. And I wasn't going to say anything to my parents because they're not understanding people. They're just a little bit... I don't know how to describe them. They're just not, they're not compassionate. They're not, they don't have the capacity to like hold feelings or emotions or otherness. I don't know how to explain them. And I just stayed quiet and was just hoping for the best because, you know, I didn't have a reason as to why I didn't feel comfortable marrying him. I just didn't feel comfortable. I felt very uneasy. Um, and I also grew up with a, like, thing that, oh, you know, you grow together and you create love and stuff like that, um, which can be true for people, but I think I would advise young people, if something doesn't feel right, just take a step back. Right. Um, because that was a sign for me to not go through with it. Um, I did not want to get married. I dreaded my my wedding day. Um, and then that first week was really just hell because I felt so uncomfortable and did not want to be there. Um, and I was like a good girl, right? You just do what you're told. And so you get married and you have sex and you don't take birth control because that's against your religion. Right. I found myself pregnant within a month and I was just devastated because again, oh, once 
you have children, there's no way out, which is such a damaging thing to think. I don't care what culture you grew up in. You have the right to your own body. You have the right to create the life you want. You can do that. Don't listen to the things that don't feel right to you. I wish I had listened to myself and I had taken responsibility for my own self, my own actions, and like honored my body's wishes and honored my, you know, my emotional desires to feel okay and to feel good. But I was just so scared. I just followed what was told of me and I suffered for it. Don't follow what is told for you. Follow what you feel is right. Even if it ends up being a mistake or not a good decision after you do that, it's still yours and you get to decide it. And you can, you know, adjust accordingly with whatever ends up happening, but at least it's yours. That's definitely true. That's definitely true. So I I heard you talking before. Um, you do art. I want to say homeless art. I don't know if that's even correct, <laughs> but um, I know you do art. Yeah, I do do art. Um, not homeless art. I'm still very much new at it, experimenting, and dare I say, hiding. I I I have stacks and stacks of like, um, canvases and then sketchbooks, um, and creations and stuff like that. Um, I'm just trying to get my degree in arts considering going to art school but it is so expensive and I don't want to take out a loan honestly I'm trying to find a scholarship big enough that could fund it or you know something like that so I can do it peacefully going to school while being poor is so difficult it is (laughs) it is so difficult because If you're working and going to school, it is true hell, honestly. It is hell because you can't really put yourself into your studies. It's hard um, when you need to work because your mind is elsewhere. Um, Also, if you're, you know, a parent, your mind is halfway not there because you're with your kid and you're taking care of them. And that's your first priority usually. Um, but I could, I could stomach, you know, I could be okay being a parent and going to school, but also needing to work just takes away a lot. Um, I've experienced going to school while not working and working and it's a different experience completely. Um, I, I'm doing an art degree because I consider it as part of my own healing process um you know working with color and with paints and just being creative just makes me happy um and very little makes me happy these days um eventually I do want to create a business out of it for sure I want to sell my work and I want to put my prints on like either fabric or you know ready-made stuff like um, just like items, you know, like pillows and stuff like that. Right. Um, aside from on canvases to hang on the wall. Um, I'm very into like, I don't know how to describe it, but like putting color on paper or marks on paper and then kind of combining them in Photoshop, right? 
and then you have like a print. It's very cool. It's very fun. It's like magical. Um, I don't have any specific medium that I work with. I've done pastels and I've done paint and I've done water marbling and I've done charcoal and I've done markers. Markers is my favorite one to work with because it is the easiest to access. Yeah. Um, yeah, like especially when I'm feeling super stressed or low energy, markers is nothing. It's just you put in your hand and there's color and, you know, you can create so many different things with it. There's no setup. There's nothing to wash afterwards. Um, so I like markers. It's very cool. Um, I do want to do something meaningful with my art eventually, but I don't really know yet what. Um, I know that I've, you know, I've heard of artists that have worked with homeless people in homeless shelters. Um, and that's, I think that's cool. I think people people in homeless shelters are dealing with so much darkness, I think, um, with very little outlet to joy. Um, I think that's, I think that's a cool thing to like create space for that. Um, maybe even decorate, you know, their surroundings. That would be cool. But I think we need to at the same time or even before just make sure that the homeless shelters are a space where you can feel safe enough to do that and there's space for it to do that if you're just living in a tiny little cubicle and there's no anything there it's harder to do but it's possible I think it's possible wherever you are to bring some joy and color into your life especially if it's provided to you a lot of times you don't do the things that you want to do because it's too hard to get right right but you know if it's offered and it's made accessible to you who knows what could happen so many great things that's true so i think one thing i got out of that is that find a passion find something to kind of almost put your mind off of and like not to avoid everything but it's good to have an outlet to kind of put yourself out there use it as like therapy you should talk to a person but also find something hands-on that you can do to kind of help you help help you out you know in a way so I think that's definitely good that you do that and it kind of help you out because you say you're still struggling with these things that's happening to you but this is a way to kind of you know help you out of it a little bit yeah, it's yeah. definitely not to avoid because you can't avoid it, but it, it gives you like a reprieve, I think. You know, for some people it's running, for other people it's journaling, for other people it's music. Um, art is that for me, I think. You know, it's, it's, it's very strange because it takes you out of whatever it is you're thinking or feeling and it puts you in a whole different space, even if it's only for five minutes or 10 minutes. And sometimes it's for an hour. And it's healing. That's true. Do you have any last words for the words for the people who are listening right now? <sighs> it depends who is listening, you know, for people who are going <laughs> through this, for people who are going through homelessness. Um, my heart goes out to you and keep asking for help. Keep asking for, for help in fixing the situation. Um, and I hope that things get better. I really do. Um, for people who have the privilege of being housed and have the privilege of having successful, you know, income, 
think about the world that you want to live in. Do you want to live in a world where there are people suffering? And, you know, it, it, the world, the more successful people we have in it, the better experience we have, right? So I look at it as I want to help people be their best self because then we all have a good time. Right. We create safety. There's less crime. There's less sickness. If people are doing well emotionally and physically, the world is a better place. If you have the ability to help foster that, and I encourage you to foster making sure that the people around you, whether you know them or not, are doing well, because that will help everyone, not just, not just themselves. It's just how it is. And if by chance there's a government official listening to this, housing, housing should be a top priority. It's just when people are housed, they're just better members of society. They have more ability to contribute to society. There's less illness and there's less crime. I mean, this, this is what we want, right? We right. want a good society. We want a place where we can live safely. That's all we want. Just that ain't true. So guys, thank you for listening to the podcast this week. And I hope you got a lot out of it. I hope you can, if you can relate, I hope that it can help you in a way. If you can't relate um, and you're a person who just have to have a food for thought, like even if you're doing good, others are out there not doing good and what can you do to help change that situation? So guys, also look for us, I guess I said before, on Twitter and Instagram. And if you look on my, if you want to look for me, you can look for me at KDid Davis on all platforms also. So thank you for tuning in. Come back next week, Wednesday to hear more podcasts. And thank you for listening. See you, well, let's see you next time. Bye.